Welcome to Transformation Church RVA. This sermon is a part of our series, Revelation, the end of the beginning. The book of Revelation can be an incredibly confusing and even frightening read, but it wasn't meant to be either. In fact, behind the violent and alarming imagery of Revelation lies a world of beauty as we see the self-sacrificial love of Christ forever triumph over the darkness we encounter all too often in our world. In this series, we take a deeper look at what the disciple John wrote and why, dispel common misconceptions of what it all means, and celebrate our glorious future it promises. Chapter 4 is where we're going to start. Then as I looked, this is John, then as I looked, I saw a door standing open in heaven, and the same voice I heard before spoke to me like a trumpet blast. The voice said, come up here, and I will show you what must happen. Everybody say, must happen after this. And I instantly, and instantly I was in the Spirit, and I saw a throne in heaven and someone sitting on it. The one sitting on the throne was as brilliant as gemstones like jasper and carnelian. And the glow of an emerald circled his throne like a rainbow. Twenty-four thrones surrounded him and twenty-four elders sat on them. They were all clothed in white and had gold crowns on their heads. Verse 5, from the throne came flashes of lightning and the rumble of thunder and burning flame. Uh, And in front of the throne were seven torches with burning flames. This is the sevenfold Spirit of God. In front of the throne was a shiny sea of glass, sparkling like crystal. In the center and around the throne were four living beings, each covered with eyes front and back. Yeah, somebody say, wow. Yes, I heard, I heard you. Yeah, there's a lot of eyes. The first of these living things was like a lion. The second was like an ox. The third had a human face. And the fourth was like an eagle in flight. Each of these living beings had six wings. And their wings were covered all over. Uh, their wings were covered all over with eyes. So they, they not only have wings on their body front and back. They had eyes on their wings. Inside and out. Day after day. And night after night, they keep on saying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God, the Almighty, the one who always was, who is, and who is still to come. Whenever the living beings give glory and honor and thanks to the one sitting on the throne, the one who lives forever and ever, the 24 elders fall down and worship the one sitting on the throne. The one who lives forever and ever. Do you get a gist here? Do you, do you see what he's trying to get at? And they lay their crowns before the throne and say, You are worthy, O Lord, our God, to receive glory and honor and power. And for you created all things. And they exist because you created what you pleased. So we'll stop there and we're going to get into five. So we're going to do four and five today. And trust me, we have a little bit of time, so we'll get there. Chapter 4, talk about wild, right? Have you ever seen a living being with six wings, eyes all over front, back, inside and out? How does he see inside? Think about this. I want you to not be so far removed from Scripture that you're, you miss what he's seen, 
Now, what, one thing we know is that this is apocalyptic literature, okay? So the, what he is writing is got wild, kind of crazy visions, and what he's seen is wild and crazy, but it means something to the people he's writing to. And most of the time, he's referring back to the Old Testament. So the very first thing we can notice here in chapter 4 is he goes from the earth to heaven, okay? The Lord says, come up here. Um, some people would say that's a rapture reference. There's no, there's no need to read into things that there's no notes on here. It's just very simple. He said, John, you come up here. So I'm assuming John came up there. Is that a good assumption? Okay, just making sure. Now, he goes from the earthly kind of what was, right? He told John this. He said, John, I'm going to tell you what's happening right now. What am I doing? What's going on in the churches? And then I'm going to tell you what must happen what's coming and so he goes from the earth to heaven and he said it was like an open door and he gets up there and he heard a familiar voice like a trumpet here we go again with the trumpets you'll see this trumpet voice all throughout the revelation but then also you will see it all throughout scripture we talked about it a couple weeks ago that the voice of God everybody say voice of God the voice of God will get your attention it's commanding. So he hears this trumpet, this voice sounds off, and then he sees it. What's he see? He sees the throne of God. Now this is what this throne looked like. Look at it here in Scripture. Um, he first sees God, and he sees, um, he doesn't. Make God a person. This is the very first thing he does not do, okay? So he doesn't describe arms and legs and um, faces and knees or anything like that. Here's what he describes. He's being, the one sitting on the throne was brilliant, like gemstones. So you can almost envision that this is almost more than his eyes can take. More, but but the, the, the Holy Spirit, the Lord, is allowing him to see these gemstones. You, you see this jasper and carnelian. Just a fun fact for you, carnelian um, came from Sardis. So when he's describing these jewels, these folks would have recognized the colors and the brilliance and the glory that John is describing He stands before, the, and, and honestly, the throne of God, they used to, in the Old Testament, call it the, the Ark of the Covenant, but now this throne stands for his presence and his power. That God is all-powerful, circled in a green rainbow. It's interesting, he says rainbow. I'm going to quit switching to this hand, because you see that? That's my, that's my wedding ring. It also, I don't know, maybe I'll keep doing it. It might wake you up. Um, The rainbow's green only. Emerald. Who likes green? Any kids in here like green? None of them watch it. Oh, Michael, Michael. Okay, I like you. That's good. I like all of you. I'm sorry. Now, so we see this throne. We see the brilliance, the presence of God. And then what else does he see? He sees 24 other thrones. 
So here's a throne right here in the center. And then all around this throne is 24 other thrones. And on these thrones are 24 elders. Um, many people have surmised over the years, uh, theologians and, and in different commentaries, they'll try and tell you what, you know, because let me tell you something. A number in the Bible isn't just a number. This is the very first thing you'll learn in Revelation is that numbers mean something. And so the most plausible definition of who these 24 people are is two twelves, okay? Everybody say two twelves. And look, I'm terrible at math, so this is God's grace on me that I can even say this. There were 12 sons of Jacob in the Old Testament, 12 sons of Jacob, and those 12 sons ended up forming the 12 nations of Israel. If you didn't know this, now you know. The 12 nations of Israel. So 12, half of those thrones would represent Israel. And then, where else do you know there were 12 other people? Ah, see, we're learning today. Uh, Disciples, the apostles, the church that he built. So we see Israel, we see the church, okay? You put those together, what's 12 plus 12? I know, and I graduated from New Kent High School. That's no, I love New Kent, okay? I'm sorry if you're watching online. New Kent was great. Um, representing, these 24 thrones represented the entire church. So here you have the presence of God right in the middle of what? His people. All of them, for all of time, the presence of God right here. Where did we else do we see imagery like that? Right at the beginning, where there were lampstands, seven lampstands, and his presence was right in the midst of it. Can you get what God is trying to communicate to his churches? I've said it for weeks now, but God is in the middle of all of it. And particularly here, we can even say God is in the midst of every generation. God has not abandoned us during this time. All of God's people here represented by these elders. And then we keep on going further down. We see uh, the 24 elders. They've got, they're clothed in white and gold crowns. Can I tell you, I'm looking forward to getting mine. You can too clothed in white, new body. I'm not going to get winded going up the stairs. I'm not. It's going to be brand new. Verse 5 says, From the throne came flashes of lightning and a rumble of thunder, and in front of the throne were seven torches, burning flames. This is the sevenfold spirit of God. So listen. What chapter 4, everybody say chapter 4, what chapter 4 is setting up is chapter 5, because this is where the climax is in chapter 5, okay? So we'll get there. From the throne came flashes and lightning and thunder. Where do you think this came from? This is what those seven churches would have gone back to. You know where they would have gone back to? Exodus. They would have gone back to Exodus, specifically Mount Sinai. You remember Mount Sinai in Exodus in in chapter 19, um, where they 
see rumbles of thunder and lightning coming off of this mountain where God would eventually give his law, the Ten Commandments. You've heard of the Ten Commandments. Um, these thunders and lightnings and the voice of God, they all um, represent his presence. And you find that even in 1 Samuel chapter 2. We see the Spirit of God present, the sevenfold Spirit of God in seven torches. You know how we said that numbers aren't just numbers? Seven equals completeness. So his whole presence was there, the complete presence of the Holy Spirit was there as well. And then it gets weird. It's it really weird. Everybody say weird. All right. If you're a kid in here, if you're, if you're just a little kid, I just want you to say weird. Listen to all them kids. Yeah, that's good. You're here. All right, kids, pay attention because this is going to get weird. In the center and around the throne were four living beings, okay? Four living beings. Everybody say living beings. I'm going to keep asking you to repeat back because you're not saying anything otherwise. Each covered with eyes front and back, okay? Living beings. One looked like a lion. One looked like an ox. One looked like a human. And one looked like an eagle in flight. I can't, I'm having a hard time even imagining some of this, but all these little beings, well, not little, these are big beings. They've got six wings, and they are covered, what the Bible says, inside and out with eyes. These four beings, okay, are going to be mentioned 14 more times throughout Revelation. 14 more times. These guys are crucial, and I'll tell you, what's their job? Well, their job is to praise God. That's their whole job. Some, some have conjectured that they're there to protect the throne, but God doesn't need protecting. You know what? He doesn't. Uh, they, and all they do is praise God. They're the praise and worship leaders there at the throne. Um, and these creatures will beckon back, and these seven churches will remember four other living creatures that you'll find in Ezekiel and Isaiah. Now, Ezekiel's looked a little different. It was a man, a lox, uh, very similar, but a little bit different. Um, a man, lion, ox, eagle. Um, different order for John, but this time the eagle was flying. There's four of them. Most people saying, most theologians say that four living creatures represent north, south, east, and west. So the four points of a compass. That's the only thing they can come up with. And so that leads us to this. You ready? The general idea here is that what these represent is all of creation. All of creation worshiping God. All creation ready to praise God. And these eyes, meaning nothing goes unseen. They are all around. And if we look at verse 8. Each of the living beings had six wings covered with eyes inside and out. Day, this is what their job is. Day after day, night after night, they keep on saying what? Holy, holy, holy. It's very important not to miss the fact that they didn't say holy once. They could have just said he's holy, right? 
There's other parts in Scripture where he just says holy. There's a reason these living creatures say holy, 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 and, and it's to emphasize with great exclamation God's otherness, God's set-apartness. Listen, for those who are getting lost, let me just bring this down here for just a minute. There is no one like our God. There is no one like him. There's no drug. There's no marriage. There's no wife. There's no husband. Look, and if any of you have wives, husbands, kids, cousins, uncles, you know there's, there's got to be better than that, right? There's no one like our God. God is holy. He is set apart. There's no other God like him. And all the earth, holy, 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 is the Lord God Almighty. Now, Lord God Almighty isn't used in the rest of the New Testament. We see Lord of hosts. We see a, a, a Lord God Almighty a little bit in the Old Testament, but it's not mentioned anywhere else. But it's mentioned over and over and over again in Revelation to depict God. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, the one who is, who always is. Who was and is to come. And also just to point out here. These living beings. So this picture he's seeing. This rainbows and crystals and seas of glass. And, and, and all these many colors and these weird creatures. And this scene of 24 elders around the presence of God. This is what he's seeing. And he's he's. Come up here, and he's looking at this. And whenever these living creatures, we find out in verse 9, give glory to God, which it says this twice, the one who will live forever and ever, the 24 elders do the same. You are worthy, O Lord our God, to receive glory and honor and power, for you created all things. Almost a recognition that you created all of us. And you're deserving of our praise. So this is the scene. We've got the scene. And then the attention turns. Everybody look at your neighbor and say, it's turning. It's turning. The attention shifts to a scroll. A scroll. Well, this is going to get good. I hope you're excited about this scroll because I am. Okay. The scroll's coming. All right, here we go. Let's read chapter 5 together. What time we got? Okay, we're doing all right. Then, John says, I saw a scroll in the right hand of the one who was sitting on the throne. There was writing on the inside and the outside of the scroll, which is weird. Let me pause because typically uh, they didn't bind books back then the way we bind books. Everybody look at the books in the back of the pew. Look at the books. Kids, look at the pew underneath you or watch YouTube, whatever you're doing. Um, we don't bind books like that anymore or, or, or like they used to, which was they would roll the scroll up and seal it, okay? Now, typically, you would just write on the inside. But this scroll had writing on the inside and outside, and it was sealed with seven seals. Verse 2, and I saw a strong angel who shouted with a loud voice, Who is worthy to break the seals 
on this scroll and open it. But no one in heaven or on earth or under the earth was able to open the scroll and read it. Then I began to weep bitterly because no one was found worthy to open the scroll and read it. But one of the 24 elders said to me, stop weeping. Look, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the heir to David's throne, has won the victory. Somebody say, praise God. He is worthy to open the scroll and its seven seals. Then I saw a lamb. I I just want to sit on that statement for a second. Then I saw a lamb. That looked as if it had been slaughtered. But it was now standing between the throne and the four living beings and among the 24 elders. This lamb had seven horns and seven eyes. Which represent the sevenfold spirit of God that is sent out into every part of the earth. He stepped forward and he took the scroll from the right hand. Everybody say right hand. Right hand of the one sitting on the throne. And when he took the scroll, the four living beings and the 24 elders fell down before the lamb. Each one had a harp and they held gold bowls filled with incense, which are the prayers of God's people. And they sang a new song with these words. You are worthy to take the scroll and break its seals and open it. For you were slaughtered. And your blood has ransomed people for God from every tribe and language and people and nation. And you have caused them to become a kingdom of priests for our God. And they will reign on the earth. Verse 11. Follow along. Then I looked again, and I heard the voices of thousands and millions. The Greek would be myriads and myriads of angels around the throne and the living beings and the elders. And they sang a, in a mighty chorus, Worthy is the Lamb who was slaughtered to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. Now watch this as we close the chapter out. And then I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth or in the sea and in the sea. And they sang, blessing and honor and glory and power belong to the one sitting on the throne and to the Lamb forever and ever. And the four living beings said, Amen. So be it. And the 24 elders fell down and worshipped the lamb. The whole scene just changed. The whole picture has shifted. All the focus is now on this scroll. All the focus is now on this scroll. It's written on the inside and outside, and it's wrapped up. It's rolled up. It's got seals around it, okay? Seven of them. What does seven mean? Completeness. Everybody say completeness. It's, it's complete. 
Now, in, in, in those times in Rome, um, how many of you have done your will? In case you die. Okay, y'all, look, y'all better get on that. Good Lord. I have resources, folks. You need to have your wills ready. Your kids will appreciate it. Unless you don't have anything. And then, um, well, just bless them with hugs and kisses until then. <laughs> Some of y'all are laughing because you're like, yeah, that's all they're getting from me. <laughs> In Rome, when you had a will done, it had to be attested to by seven individuals. So what they would do is they would take the will and they would roll it up and each one would come with a wax imprinted seal and they would seal the will seven times and you, in order to, for that will to be administered, all seven people would have to come to open it. On the side... If that were still true today, make sure you pick seven young people. You don't want to pass and then have all your uh, uh, testees gone. Um, now, it is shifted to this scroll, seven seals, th this picture that they would have been able to visualize. And there, there's many, many thoughts as to what's in the scroll. There's many thoughts. Uh, some people say it's the Lamb's book of life. Um, but there's no real support for that in this chapter here because you see it mentioned elsewhere. So it, it's almost like the Lamb's book of life, is a, would Revelation would say, is a different book, separate from this scroll. Some conjecture that it's the Old Testament. But I don't know why, because the whole point here, Jesus is able to open the scroll because he had the victory over death. So why would he need the victory to open the Old Testament? No. What most understand this to mean is that the scroll is God's redemptive plan. And so the destiny of the world. What's going to happen? What's to come? And what has he told John? He said, John, come up here with me. I've got to show you what must happen. So John is waiting with this anticipation. He sees the scroll. He knows, hey, that's it. That's it. That's right there. That's what he needs to read to me. But there's a challenge because this angel steps forward. The strong angel, as the Bible says. And this angel says, uh, who is worthy to open this scroll? Who's worthy to expose, the, to unveil. That's what this revelation word means, to unveil. Who can unveil God's plan? Who can open the scroll? And people look around, and there's no one there. And I almost missed this the very first time. I almost missed this. Because I've read it so many times. Can I tell you something? If you read your Bible just to... Check it off your morning prayer list. While it will achieve your checklist, you may not pick up anything from it. I'm asking you to take some time and read through it. And the Lord pointed something out to me I've been missing all these years. Because it just seems to be a stated fact. But when Jesus steps forward to take this scroll, you know where it was? 
in God's right hand. Well, that's my left. God's right hand. Now, the right hand all through Scripture, God's right hand, isn't physically a hand. It represents God's ultimate power, His ultimate control. And God just spoke to my heart this week as I was preparing for this message. And He says, Almost as if to these seven churches who are going through topsy-turvy times. It's uncertain. The days, we just don't know what to expect. Because at this point, when I wake up and I look at the news, I'm just thinking, what's going to happen now? Have you ever felt like that? What's going to happen now? And like a trumpet. The Lord spoke to my heart and he said, Carl, don't forget that it's in my hands. It's in my power. Before it's even open, I can be assured of one thing, and that's this, that God has it under control. The future, the plan, they used to sing it this way. They used to say, many things about tomorrow I don't seem. Have you ever heard this song? To understand. But I know who holds tomorrow. And I know who holds my hand. Oh, he holds it. The same God that created, spoke into existence the earth. The same God that rose Jesus from the dead. It's the same God that holds the future right here in, in his hand. And the same God that reaches down and picks me up when I'm low. Oh, glory to God. It's in his hand. Oh, praise you, God. It's in his hand. It's in his hand. Oh, I got to get through chapter 5. It's in his right hand. God holds to this future despite uncertain times. The angel says, who's worthy? Nobody answers. Nobody answers. Have you ever been in that room? Where a heavy question is dropped. Nobody has the answer. And John's response as he weeps, he says, you brought me up here. You're supposed to be telling me what's about to happen because times are uncertain. He's 90 years old. He's in a cave. He's going to die in this cave on this island. All these churches are waiting to hear from him. What's going to happen? We're being hunted down. We're being killed. The church is under attack. What's going to happen? I need to know. And John's anticipating Jesus dropping this knowledge to him and come to find out there's no one currently there. It would seem that could open the scroll, but the Bible sends some comfort. There's some comfort here. An elder, an unnamed elder steps forward. He says, stop weeping. Stop weeping. Look. So I can see it now. John. He's, he's on his knees and he's weeping. He's crying, God, I, I want to know what's about to happen. And he looks up. Because the elder says, hey, hey look, there's, 
there's the lion from the tribe of Judah. All of a sudden, things start clicking off in John's head. Oh, I know who he's talking about. The heir of David's throne. Oh, wait a second. I'm sitting at the church at Sardis, and I know who that is. He has won the victory. He is worthy. <laughs> he is worthy to open the scroll and its seven seals. Now, so you would imagine that he looks up to see a lion. No. Because when they describe Jesus as, as the Messiah that's coming, they describe him as the, the lion that's going to conquer, that's going to be victorious. So there is that. But how did he conquer? How was he victorious? And John looks up from his weeping, and he sees a lamb. He sees a lamb. And the Bible is very curt here. And I don't even know if that's the right word, but consider that a New Kent education. I feel, it felt right coming out. But this lamb looks like it's been slaughtered. You ever seen a slaughtered lamb? Vicious. John recognizes him because of this. John recognizes him. He sees this lamb. He sees a lamb that looks like he's been slaughtered, but it's now standing here in between the throne and the elders. And the Bible says that... Uh, uh, he has seven horns representing his power, his dominance. He has seven eyes saying that just describing his, omni, uh, pre, uh, uh, his omniscience. He knows it all. He sees it all. His omnipotence, his all-powerful nature. It's he's standing there representing the Spirit of God that's all over the earth. <laughs> Don't miss that. That very same power is right here. Hey, hey, don't miss this. Don't miss this. This isn't just four white walls and a bunch of jacked up people. The presence of God is here. He's here. <laughs> just to wrap his arms around you this morning. Listen to this picture. He stepped forward and he took the scroll from his right hand. And when this happens, if I, can, if I can even begin to depict it and try and paint the picture for you as John does here, and I don't know if I can get my father-in-law to come up here and play or if he's still here or not. I don't know if he's still here. Maybe, maybe Ian can play. Anybody know how to play piano? I'm about to close. Listen. Just picture it now. Jesus this lamb grabs the scroll and immediately in heaven where John is standing, the heavens erupt in praise. And when he took the scroll, the four living beings and 24 elders fell down. They, so they fell down at, at the feet of the lamb. They had a heart. They had bowls filled with incense, which were the, the prayers of God's people. Have you ever had a prayer you thought, I don't know if it got up there. You ever felt like your prayers just, they're just hitting the ceiling? Let me tell you, he hears the prayers of his people. 
here they are, right here. They offer up these prayers. And they sang a new song with these words. You are worthy to take the scroll and break its seals open. So this is what they're singing. They're almost chanting this. Why? For you were slaughtered. And your blood has ransomed people for God. From every tribe, language, and nation. Hear me today. This good news is for everyone. Including the people you don't like. I don't know why I felt like I needed to say that. But some of y'all are maybe wishing and hoping that somebody doesn't make it through the gates. Because you, you don't like them to begin with. Oh, y'all don't want to admit that. That's fine. No, it's okay. I've been there. I'll tell you a story. Uh, our outreach director, Ian, here, he... Um, got connected with Ascend Outreach, and uh, so we ministered to the hotels up and down Jeff Davis, and let me tell you something, I see prostitution, drugs, trafficking, I mean, you name it, it's out there, and one, my first night out, uh, I, had, I had some challenges, and I'll tell you why, I loved giving the food to people and praying with folks. But then I would see this wickedness. For instance, let's just take the prostitute we were working with that night. And I'm thinking, this poor young girl. And I look at the guy, and I'm thinking, I, I want to jack this guy up. I want to wring him by the neck. Right? I want to wring him by the neck. That's my gut reaction. So I'm talking to Pastor Nick afterwards, and I'm talking about all this. He said, brother... I felt some of the very same things, but you know God died for him too. He said, we, we, we save a prostitute, yeah, they, but they'll find more. You save a pimp, guess what? It changes the lives of many. Sometimes in our flesh, we look at folks and we, we go ahead and judge them, decide if they're worth God's grace or not. You don't get to make that choice. He makes that choice. And God forbid he looked at me that way. Looked at my sin that way. You are worthy of the scroll. For you were slaughtered and your blood ransomed people of God from every tribe, language, people, and nation. And you have caused them to become a kingdom of priests that will reign with him. Do you know that for the believer there's a reign coming? You know what that means? Victory's coming. It might not come today. Somebody asked me, you think God's going to bring COVID-19 to an end? I said, I'm not sure, but I know at the end of this thing, we've got the victory. Marriage is always going to be tough. Raising kids is always going to be tough. School's going to be tough. Family dynamics are always going to be tough. Church is always going to be tough. The world we live in is always going to be tough. But hear me, believer. There's victory coming. There's victory coming. We'll reign with him. And then John, let me paint this just right. After they sing this little tune, I looked again and I heard voices from millions. He couldn't count them. Millions and millions of angels and beings filled the air and joined with the angels. And they said, worthy is the lamb who was slaughtered to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. And then... I heard from every creature in heaven, 
on earth, under the earth, in the sea. Every living thing said blessing and honor and glory and power belong to the one who is sitting on the throne and to the Lamb. And to the Lamb. Everything in Revelations. Hear me. Everything we're going to read through the rest of this book rests on one thing. And that is Christ's victory on the cross for you and I. The only way any of this gaining heaven's glory is possible for you and me is through Jesus Christ. Making him the Lord of our lives. That's it. There's nothing um, good that you can do. There's, There's no amount of good you can do. Make sure I haven't missed anything. Who can unlock this destiny for? So then the four living creatures said amen. Which means so be it. Or let it be so. So what's the point, Pastor? What what am I supposed to take away from today? Well, take a couple things. I want you to take a couple things away from today chapters 4 and 5 because we already said this if if revelation is only good for the future what good does it do me now right and we already said the revelation is a revelation of Jesus Christ so we should be finding Jesus in all of it so understand a couple things one believer hear me the future is in God's hands don't worry number two he is the lion he is the lion He is victorious, but he is also the lamb who was slaughtered for you and I. That's it. Well, and maybe one other thing. He is worthy. He is deserving of your praise. Don't be so stingy with your praise on Sunday mornings. Don't be so stingy with your praise during the week. Don't be shy to mention it to somebody because he's worthy. Oh, he's worthy. I'm going to pray with you this morning um, because I could, keep, I could keep going with that for a long time. I could just sit down here and worship because he's worthy. Um, the first Sunday in August, we're going to we're going to do communion, okay? Um, for, uh, for those who wonder how's that going to happen, hey, listen, we're going to have some videos to show you, but uh, we've got prepackaged communion kits that are completely sanitized, So, and then we'll be handing those out with gloves and masks, so it's going to be completely sanitary and all that jazz. Um, but uh, we, we finally found some. You know, those things are hard to find, but I do want to pray for you this morning. Um, the reason I mentioned communion is because if you're at home and you're watching online, um, make sure to grab some crackers and grape juice next time you're at the store so you can take communion with us. Um, will you pray with me? Father, thank you for your presence here today. Uh, I'm so thankful that it's all in your hands, that we can trust you. I'm so thankful for the lamb that was slain for my sins. praise you because you bought us with a price and Lord today we just want to give you praise we just want to honor you and give you blessing and glory because you have conquered you've given the victory through Jesus Christ to those who choose him 
And, and, and I'm just so thankful for that because despite me, you loved me. And I didn't deserve it. We don't deserve it. And so as we continue to work through Revelation, Father, in the coming weeks and we learn about these seals being opened and horses and all these wild images, God, I ask that you would continue to just point us towards you. That we would go home this week and we would worship you more. That we would go home this week and trust you more because you've got it under control. That each person under the sound of my voice this morning, Father, you see them, you know them, and you are walking near them. You are right in the midst. And for that, we give you praise and glory and honor. And all God's people said, amen and amen. Thanks for streaming this audio from Transformation Church RVA, located in Richmond, Virginia. For more information, check out our website at www.transformationrva.com.